Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Facing Fate. Cthulhu. Episode 1. Missing. A 1917 olive green Buick pulls into a gravel parking lot, and the driver's side door opens, and out steps Eva Evans. Eva is really unassuming in her physical appearance. She has mousy brown hair. It's almost always tied back in a messy ponytail. Um, she's she's short in stature, standing about 5'1", just your average build. She is usually wearing overalls of some kind that are often smeared with clay or paint or the knees covered in sawdust. Eva, as, as you step out of the 1917 Buick, you kind of poke your head back into the door and you say, uh, Hey guys, we're here. C- come on. We got things things to see people people to I I don't come on let's just go your cohorts step out of the vehicle as well and we've got a Bernadette Bernie Fenske Bernie is big she is about six foot one she's dressed mannishly she has short dark hair thick dark eyebrows dark eyes and just looks She kind of takes up a lot of space, physically and maybe more than physically, in sort of whatever space she's in. She's kind of uh, swashbuckling. And a Rodney Barnum. And Rodney steps out. Rodney's a bit uh, on the older side. Kind of stretches his back as he gets out of the vehicle. And he's dressed in, he's got like nice corduroy uh, slacks on. He's got this tattered old leather jacket pulled over his broadcloth dress shirt. You see his hands like pull his coat down over him and them along with his face are visibly scarred from the fights uh, that he's been in over the years. And he reaches back into the car and grabs his, his pint of milk, takes a big swig and puts it back in. What, what do you say about doing people and seeing what? Uh, you can't you can't leave milk in a in a no, hot it's, car. No, it's fine. It's it's it, not uh, fine. No. Last time you you stunk up my car. He reaches in and finishes it, shakes it. It's fine. Puts it down by the tire. The date is Saturday, June twentieth. It's a very warm day already, and it's just before. 10 a.m. You, you guys have made very good time on your road trip out to Bennington, Vermont. You've come out to Bennington to see Eva's uncle, who's named Lucas Strong. And as you've pulled into this parking lot in Bennington, Vermont, you see a crowd of people and a very tall obelisk kind of in behind the crowd of people. Hey, uh, Eva, you related to all these people, too? Oh, N- no. Well, probably not. And and uh, what's what's this big? This is oh, the obelisk. Yeah. What's mm-hmm. that about? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the big Bennington battle. Right. Uh, Bennington won. Yay. Oh, go Bennington. What's the what's the cheer that they do? Oh, I, I was never really one to cheer. Uh. Go, Bennington, go. So I got it. The rest of you all are slow. Oh. This battle, we've won, and now that we're done, we're 
putting an obelisk here. Their Beddington is not known for its rhymes. So you're here to see Lucas Strong, Eva's uncle. And as luck would have it, walking across the other side of the parking lot towards the crowd of people, you see, Eva, you know it's your uncle Lucas. He's very distinctive, middle-aged man, some gray in his beard and his hair, but the distinctive part is that he walks with a pronounced limp. Uncle Lucas! Over... Hey! Eva, what what are you doing here? Have you come to help? Help. How how would you even know? Well, help 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 with what? Rodney to Bernie's like, didn't didn't she say that we're here for money from him? I thought she would have called to ask first if we were going to be showing up asking for money, but maybe a surprise is better. You don't know yeah. people's families. No, that's true. Yeah. Well, Eva, two days ago, Jane was kidnapped. Oh, uh, uh, Uncle Lucas, that's that's terrible. I, I'm I'm so sorry. Is is there anything we can do? Yes, come come with me. We're we're getting together a search party to go find her. Because okay, anyway, I'll get into it in in a second. We just have to. I have to go talk to everybody. We're getting ready to go out and search the woods. Yeah, we'll help. Right, right, you guys. We're we're gonna. Yeah. No. Uh, At- Absolutely. Yeah, uh, you see that uh, Rodney's got out his notebook and he's writing uh, down. Uh, it was a June. June was kidnapped. Uh, Jane. Jay, Jane. J- June. Jane kidnapped two Jane. days ago. We're on it. Okay, so your uncle has called you over to the the mass group of people by the obelisk. Eva, weren't we here from from? I mean, this is great experience and all, but. I'll take your lead. It's fine. Well, yeah, but I mean, I can't ask him for money when he's looking for his lost kid. You're right. Also, I mean, we're sort of morally obligated to to help. Oh, fine. I I agree. It's a missing child. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Also, my cousin. This is my family. This is family. Also, if we find her, maybe he will be... You know, maybe a reward. More likely. Much more willing to float and us can some you, money. Uh, tell us about Jane. Uh, Jane, super sweet kid. Uh, she's about, oh, well, she's tall. She's tall. She's, what, like maybe 16 now? Um, brown Feet? hair. Huh? Feet? She's well, 16 that would be tall. years old. Well, you said I she's tall. She's, she's 16. Well, she's taller than me. Right. Probably um, not as tall as me. Probably not. Uh, she's 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 thin. She's got brown hair like me, green eyes. Answers to Jane. But maybe June, too. I don't know. I wrote down Jane. It's all right. We'll find her. You see Lucas Strong limp his way up to the front of the crowd at the, and he goes to the base of the obelisk and he turns around and he's joined shortly by uh, a sheriff who's standing next to him and Lucas says to the group he says friends neighbors thank you for coming out to help uh, as you know already last night we attempted to pay the ransom to the kidnappers but something went wrong and it ended up in a gunfight between the police and the kidnappers and they've shot a couple of the deputies and they managed to get the money and they took off back into the woods. So this is where everyone comes in. We need to round up a group. In fact, a bunch of different little groups to fan out, spread around the area, find these kidnappers and get Jane back home. The group that completes this, that manages to find my Jane, $5,000 reward on the table. I think we all look at each other. Mm. That's... <laughs> We were only going to ask for 200. No, yeah, well, this, this would take care of us for a good long while until, until business picked back up again. We all know who kidnapped her. It's a man named Harris. Sidney Harris and his goons. Local troublemaker. Everyone around here knows him for the most part. I don't know why he's kidnapped Jane, but we know that he's got her. Now he has the money and Jane, and we need to get Jane back. Does anyone have any questions? Uh, excuse me, sir. Uh, yes, you. Uh, name's Rodney, Rodney Barnum. You've arrived with Eva, yes? Um, 
How much money was the ransom? The ransom was $10,000. Can you can you tell yes, us? Yes, tall one. They they must have a uh you all know them. Do they have a hideout? Uh uh, a place where they go. There are a lot of cabins in the surrounding woods, a lot of which have been abandoned over the last couple of decades. So we're not, we're sure that they're using one of them as a hideout, but the ones that we managed to search last night after the firefight, we haven't found them yet. And uh, do you know how many? How many men with him? Uh... If it's just the normal run, the normal ones that he runs with, it'll be Harris and two others. Eugene Clayton and Christopher Dobbs. Eva, you know the area pretty well. Oh, uh, yeah, a a little, yeah. I mean, I I used to come and uh, spend time here in the summers. All right. So we don't, we don't know, there's no, no motive for taking young Jane. Well, the motive was they wanted money. Okay, but they took the money and didn't give Jane. So motive usually means they return possession. I mean, I agree with that, but we have not seen Jane yet. Of course, this did just happen last night. So we're trying to be proactive and get ahead of this and find Jane as soon as possible. Now that they have the money, who knows what they'll do with her? We'll find her before that, sir. Not trying to point fingers, just trying to get all the information. Everyone's going to be heading out at noon. It's uh, just already past 10 o'clock here. So anyone who needs to gather any supplies, please go about that. Meet back here in just over an hour and we'll get ready to fan out and start the search. Thank you all for coming. And you see groups of people in the crowd who obviously have come together to form their own teams talking amongst themselves. Can I see uh, Lucas anywhere? Yes, he's still standing in front of the obelisk talking to the sheriff. All right, I want to walk forward and just say, I, excuse me, Uncle, can I can I talk to you for a second? And he kind of pats the sheriff on the shoulder and says, like, I'm, I'm sure your men will pull through. Thanks for all your help, sheriff. And he turns to you and says, uh, yes, Eva, what uh, what can I do for you? Is there any anything that we might need to know that... I don't know, information that maybe you might not want to be telling everybody about maybe how Jane might be mixed up with these guys? Uh, no, I don't believe Jane has really ever spent any time around them. Uh, I think this all has to do with the fact that I was recently promoted to be the new head of the Vermont Water Board. Uh, that's, what well, congratulations. Well, I mean, now is not either here or or there the time for this, but I believe uh, once you know, we've been looking for a place to set up a new reservoir, and I sent a survey team out to 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 check the grounds for any sort of precious metals, and maybe you know rumors around a small town fly rampant, so maybe Harris thought there's gold in them our hills or. You know, some nonsense like that. Is there? Not to my knowledge. Don't worry, Lucas. We'll find her. I just hope we're not too late. Bernie, maybe we go head off the sheriff there while Eva's talking to her uncle and, uh... Yeah, I've got a, a few questions about how the whole thing went down. Yeah, let's do it. Excuse me, uh, uh sheriff. Uh, yes, what, what, can I, what can I help you with? Sorry, uh, Rodney Barnum, Bernie Fenske, we're, uh... Here in town, just helping out Eva, who's related to Miss Jane. Just wanted to know a few questions about how the event went down last night. Not, I mean, the, the ransom handoff that ended in gunfire. Well, to be honest with you, I'm not really sure what happened. Of course, it was in the dead of night. We met at the proposed site, which is the first place we'll go to when we begin searching, obviously. So you'll you'll see it shortly. Uh, we met with Harris and his group. It was him and um, one other. I guess they left the third one back at the at the hideout to to make sure that Jane didn't escape. Uh, everything seemed to be going well, but Harris and his man looked a little twitchy, like a little scared of something. Right. And then all of a sudden, 
bullets were flying and people were getting shot. And we know that we hit Harris's man with some shotgun buck, but we're not sure how badly. And then, of course, two of my deputies got, uh, well, I'm going to say gunned down, but I don't mean that they were killed. They were just hit. Of course. And on the ground, in pain, the two managed to get away, and they grabbed the money. Well, I hope your hope your men are okay. Can you tell us how Jane was taken? Was she at home, or what happened? We're not exactly sure. Uh, she spends a lot of time at the library, and then there was the one evening there a couple nights ago where she just didn't make it home. Then later that night, three in the morning or so, a note was dropped off in front of the house. So definitely thinking uh, premeditated, watching them, took an opportunity, and now we're here. Good. Now we're here. Okay. Uh, how, how long you been on the force here? Well, I've been running the department for about 20 years now. Oh. Pay's good? Not really. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Doesn't seem like you can ever pay enough when stuff like this happens. That's right. Is there a lot of this? Kind of crime? I mean, not usually Harris and his group are more petty thugs than anything. But every now and then we get some troublemakers rolling through town. They got a rap sheet, though. Oh, yes. He's, he's been booked multiple times. Right. Okay. Uh, Sheriff's demeanor. What's kind of his, how his posture and how he's kind of carrying himself throughout this? Uh, he looks tired. Like he's been up all night. Right. Uh, bloodshot eyes. Uh, but for the most part, he looks, you know, other than the tired kind of stern look he has on his face, he looks, you know, decent enough. Sheriff, any, um, I don't mean to, you know, everybody's here for a good cause and to make sure that we bring Jane home safe, but anybody in the crowd here who maybe has relations with the goons and, sorry, the, uh, Harris and his aforementioned goons? Uh, not not particularly. I mean, everybody kind of knows who he is, and but for the most part, they kind of keep to themselves. Not a lot of people want to be associated with them due to the the problems and the bad reputation that they've they fostered for themselves. Of course, of course. Well, uh, don't want to don't want to keep you. Uh, I know we got lots to do here, uh, Bernie. Unless you have any other questions, we probably looks like Eva's done over there. No, I say we uh, head back to the Buick and and get our supplies and and get ready. Oh, speaking of supplies, uh, if you do need anything else, there's a few places around town that could probably help you out. Uh, There's the Green Mountain Bakery and Cafe. Uh, Strong is paid for lunches for everyone who's going out on the expedition. So you can stop by there and grab your lunch. Uh, There's uh, the newspaper office if you need any other information, the Bennington Banner. It's just just down the road there on the right. And the uh, Arthur J. Spence's Hardware and Gun Store which is just uh, across the parking lot there. Oh, and the library, too, the John Stark Memorial Library. Thank you very much, Sheriff. Uh, we'll, we'll be seeing you soon, obviously. Yes, yeah, please. Uh, we got about oof, 45 minutes or so until everybody's getting ready to go, so okay. if you do head out, please be quick. Of course, of course. Uh, sorry, Sheriff, meeting back here or meeting at... Right back here in about 45, yeah. You got it. Well, I don't know about you guys, but maybe we should go grab that sandwich and see if there's anything else we need. Absolutely. We might want to swing by the library, see if Jane was there that night. Maybe we uh, divide and conquer here. Oh, I, c- I can go to the library. Okay. We got the... Uh, I mean, we've pretty got the, the back packed. Uh, don't know how much we're going to need gun-wise, unless, unless you think we need some more, but... You see some people in the crowds, and several of the groups have, like, long rifles and shotguns with them. I feel like we're gonna be okay. But, uh... Well, I, I, I got, you know, I, I got a few in the trunk. Yeah, I'm I'm bringing mine. Roger that. Shootout last night. Best yeah. to be prepared. Uh, so we got, uh, we got the newspaper and lunch... Bernie, what are you feeling? You want to you want the lunch order, or should I go make sure we're fed? What are we doing at the newspaper? Uh, seeing if there's any other details about Harris. If we got, uh, you know, m- more than the 
sheriffs willing to share. Rodney, it kind of seems like maybe you have some questions you might want to bring up to the newspaper. Sure, I can go to the newspaper. Bernie, ham and Swiss for me. See if they got a milk. Yeah, I'll I'll make sure they've got some milk for you. Sa- sandwich too would be nice. You bet. Eva, you walk over to the John Stark Memorial Library. And you walk in the front doors and you see an elderly woman behind the counter in a small town. And her name is Norma Myers. You see a plaque that literally says, Norma Myers, your librarian. Oh, welcome. Welcome to the library. Do you know who John Stark is? No, I do not. Well, let me tell you all about him. John Stark, the hero of Bennington. Almost lived to be 100 years old, you know, just died in 1822. He was the one who coined the phrase, you might have heard of it, it's New Hampshire state motto, live free or die. That was him. The hero of Bennington. That John Stark. Yes, indeed. That's the one the library is named after. Wow, that's really interesting. Well, you know, I am a bit of a historian here. Really the only historian in town. So if you have questions, I've got answers. I have a few questions. Perfect. Hit me with them. Well, my my questions are a little more recent than they are historical. Sure. But you know all the business with Jane... Oh yes, terrible, terrible state of affairs. What was she in? Was she in the night that she got she got taken? Yes, yes, she was. Unfortunately, well, she walks home quite often by herself. Uh, we close the doors here usually around seven o'clock, but we have given her her own key because she's here so often that as long as she leaves, you know, at a decent hour and locks up, she's free to come and go as she pleases. So that night, I left at 7. I believe, from what I've heard from the sheriff, she was here till about 8.30, but I can't confirm that. Okay, so Jane walks home alone, left here about after 7. Did she... was the door locked when you came in the next morning? When I came in the next morning, yes, the door was locked, everything was normal. Nothing was left behind? Does she have a specific place she likes to, to read I could maybe go look at? Oh, well, she kind of goes all over in between periodicals, old newspapers, that sort of thing. She just she's a sponge for knowledge, that one. Yeah, she she really is. Uh, Does Jane ever come in here with any any friends? Every now and then uh, with school friends, whenever they're trying to, you know, do history projects or whatever else. You know, I'm quite the historian here. So really, they don't even need to read anything. I just answer all the questions they have. Oh, they're real lucky to have you. Are you going to be joining the search? Yes, we are. We just want to make sure that we've got all the information we can. Do you, do you know the names of some of the kids that she hangs out with? Oh, certainly. There's, um, yes, yes. Hang on. I know their names. Um, there's the one with the red hair. Cynthia? Cynthia, I believe, uh, the name. And, uh, Robert. She's been in here with Robert before as well. And, uh, oh, I, if you're going to join the search, you better get going. They're, they're leaving soon. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, she kind of like points at the clock that's right next to her, and it's like, it's been almost 40 minutes that you've been in the library chatting with her. Well, Norma, thank you so much. I'm always happy to help. Hopefully, uh, best of luck in the search. And if you, you know, if you're around tomorrow, come on back in and I'll tell you more stories about John Stark. <laughs> Sounds great. Okay, bye bye. Bye, toodaloo. We cut to the Green Mountain Bakery and Cafe, and Bernie, there are several people in line in front of you. Uh, You get up to the front counter, and you see a young, exhausted-looking pregnant woman behind the counter, filling orders and slinging coffee. Uh, howdy, miss. Um, we're about to head out on the search. Me and and two friends, we're hoping we can get something to go. Oh, yes. Uh, what what did you have in mind? Uh, ham and Swiss. Let's make it three. Ham and Swiss and, uh... On rye? That sounds great. That sounds Perfect. great. Perfect. That's our specialty. Perfect. And uh, uh, at least one milk and maybe a couple sodas. Uh, yeah, we can do that. Uh, sarsaparilla okay for you? That'd be great. How uh, How's it going? It's awfully busy in here. I guess everyone getting ready to head out. Oof. Yeah, everyone's coming in for their sandwiches. Uh, nice of Mr. Strong to pay for these, but oh boy, he's going to have a bill when it's done. But you know what? It's very important. Everybody's got to get out there and, and look for poor sweet Jane. Did you, do you do you know her? 
in passing, mostly. She's such a, a polite young woman. I, I quite often see her, you know, walking back and forth to the library in her house, and she's just a delight whenever I pass her. Oh. Well, I guess it's a pretty small town. You probably know, know most everyone. Most everyone, yeah. Yeah, everybody comes through here sooner or later. What about those uh, scoundrels they say took her? Oof, bad news, those three. That Harris is, uh... The other two aren't so bad on their own, but that Sidney Harris, I tell you, he's a real pile of trouble. Hmm. Yeah. Any, uh... We talked to the sheriff a little bit. Oh, Sheriff Brown, Yeah, sure. and you know how, uh... Those law enforcement need to be... Circumspect about certain things. But you... You probably know everything that's going on in this town. Well, I mean, certain amount of gossip, that's for sure. What, uh... What do you need to know? Mm. Harris pal around with anyone other than those other two? Uh, no, not really. They kind of stick to their own little little group. Um, there was a rumor going around about some gold that had been found in the hills, but I don't know. I didn't pay it too much creed, but maybe maybe it got into his ear that it was a thing. Mm. And what about uh, Lucas Strong? He's my friend's uncle, so... But, I haven't met him till today. What's he like? A uh, nice enough man. Um, some people think he might be a little on the on the take with some things here and there, but uh, you know, all of a sudden he goes from running a mill to, well, kind of being the the main dude on the Vermont Water Board. So, not exactly sure how he managed that, but uh, you know, could be all on the up and up. I don't know for sure. It's just you know, hearsay and gossip. Yeah. Hard to trust a politician, isn't it? Poof, you're telling me. Well, uh, uh, thanks so much for the sandwiches. I know you're awfully busy, and I gotta gotta get back to search. So, th- thank you for your time. What's your What's your name? I'm Bernie. Oh, hey, Bernie, uh, Sally. Very very nice to meet you. Best of luck with uh, finding Jane. Thanks, Sally. We're all pulling for you. Rodney, you walk over to the office of the Bennington Banner. And you see a small brick-walled office. There's a big kind of picture frame window in the front. You can see in there's desks that are visible in the kind of front room. There's a wall of filing cabinets taking up the entire left wall of the office. And an open door frame in the back left corner of the filing cabinets. And the sign on the door is flipped to closed. I kind of peek through the glass to just make sure nobody's hiding behind a desk having a nap. And then give a firm rap on the door. A couple seconds goes by, and you see a head pop out of the back. And they kind of start with the surprise, and they rush over to the front door. And this man has, uh, he's tall. He's got slicked back hair. It's dark hair. And he's got round framed glasses. They unlock it and open it and say, oh, uh, hello, what, what, can I, what can I help you with here at the Bennington Manor? Uh, excuse me, sir. Rodney Barnum here uh, Here with some of the family of Jane. Just uh, just trying to get some information before we head out on this uh, this here uh, manhunt uh, and try and track her down. Oh, certainly. Come on in. What can, what can I help you with? I'm the editor. I'm Alfred Johnston. Nice to meet you, Alfred. Uh, Rodney, if, uh, if I didn't say before here, uh, he reaches out for a handshake, just kind of straightens himself up. Firm handshake comes back your it's way. reciprocated. Uh, well, Alfred, uh, just, you know, I've been talking to a few people new to the area, so we don't know a lot of the backstory of uh, some of these folks in this part. Uh, Sidney Harris sounds like a real... Real bad guy. Uh, been been around a few in my time. I was just wondering, maybe he could fill me in on some of the gaps that the uh, the sheriff might have left out. Said he he's got a bit of a rap sheet, a little bit here and there, but uh, sometimes there's more to the more than meets the eye. Oh sure. Uh, unfortunately, with him, there's not much more than does meet the eye. He's kind of. Mm-hmm. Pretty empty head on his shoulders. A lot of petty crimes, a lot of small thefts, that sort of thing. Just a lot of nuisance crimes. You know, if you leave a bicycle unattended, chances are the next day it's not going to be where it was before. Good to know. Good to know. Leave my bike in the back of, back of Eva's car there. Uh, don't want that to go missing. Uh, he's got any ties to any... I, I don't want to say that there's organized crime in the area, but ties to anybody higher up than, than an, an empty-headed petty crimes character oh no i don't think so i don't think he would fit in with someone higher up he's just 
not very bright. Okay. He would probably take him down with him. Fair enough. Fair enough. Get the get the point there. Lucas, Mr. Strong, big promotion, hey? Oh, yes. Yeah, big promotion, uh, head of the Vermont Water Board. So that's a very impressive promotion for him. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes those big promotions come out of nowhere. And there's, you know, sometimes rumors that fly around big promotions like that. I heard some uh, some whispers throughout the crowd. Maybe it was uh, not quite deserved. Maybe there was some greased pumps. Maybe something, anything. You know, being part of the paper, you got to know your onions, right? Uh, whew, uh, not too much that I'm aware of. We've run some stories lately in the banner about uh, him getting the job. That was a, that was a story. And then the plans for the reservoir. Right. That was a story. And then a delay on the plans for the reservoir. That was a story. We do have a stack of the latest papers over here in the filing cabinet, if you would like to take a look at them. Well, I mean, that's good. I mean, probably well-deserved. Um, Are you, you, you said you're joining the search. Yes. Am am joining the search. Yeah. Uh, what, sorry. What do you, what can you tell me about what's going on with this reservoir? What's the deal there? What's uh, well, they, they're planning a new reservoir for the area and they had some schematics drawn up. Placement was found. Everything was good. And then it was put on hold uh, a couple of weeks ago and a survey team had been sent up there. So I'm not exactly sure what they're looking for. There was a rumor going around town that they'd found some gold, but there's no gold in these parts. So I don't know where that rumor came from. Fair enough. Well, you've been well, very, well, actually <laughs> I should mention there's lots of rumors around town. Oh, there's rumors that uh, the settlers of Bennington disturbed uh, an ancient Indian burial ground for the Abenaki tribe, which I haven't seen any evidence of, but there's rumors of that. There's rumors that the revolutionary forces buried a cache of weapons nearby after they defeated the British. There's rumors of ghosts of civil war, uh, veterans walking around the woods. So there are rumors abundance here in town. Alfred, you're one of those ones who buries the lead, don't you? Well, I mean, it's pretty, pretty dry sometimes in the newspaper business, so. Got to dabble with the with the hearsay every now and then. Ghosts, revolutionary forces, burial ground, anything else? No, that's about it. I think that's it. Yeah, feeling good about that. Did you Did you need more? Uh, no, I feel like that's uh, much more than you were going to give me before. I was about to say I was going to leave. So, thank you, Alfred. Thank you for your time. You, sir, you know your onions. Alfred closes and locks the door as you head out and back towards the obelisk to meet up with Eva and Bernie. The three of you find yourselves back at the base of the monument, and everybody is kind of in their little groups of threes and four, and the sheriff is walking around to most people, and you're, you're kind of creating like a fan-out pattern, so there's a group of people that's going to start kind of going when you reach the, the scene that'll start going kind of to the east, and one that's going to go to the east slash northeast and you know so on and so forth so everybody's kind of taking a direction and then everyone's going to fan out and try to cover as much ground as possible and as you make your way to the area from the shootout the night before you see the scene of the shootout it's a newly formed clearing it's about a hundred yards across on the edge of the forest forming part of a wider area that's clearly been marked for logging there's a dirt track from the main road that heads over a small field to the edge of the clearing. It's littered with short stumps and a couple piles of fallen tree trunks, surrounded by tall, looming trees that stand close together. Scattered over the site is evidence of the events of the previous night. Discarded shotgun shells, bullet casings, bullet holes in the trees and stumps, and a couple heavy bloodstains where some people had obviously been shot. The area is very quiet, except for the people that you're milling around with. It's like an eventful night. I just keep thinking about Jane. She's got to be so scared. We'll find her. We'll, we'll find her. The sheriff has been kind of directing groups on where to go, and he kind of directs you guys to the northeast, and he points in that direction and says, okay, that's, uh, that's where you guys are going to be going, and he goes to the next group and continues down the line. Well, I say we, we, you know, we ankle right away. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, there's no time to lose. I say... I say we go right away. Bernie, having spent a lot of time outdoors, you see some tracks leading off towards the northeast. 
And you see some tracks through the tall grass and ultimately kind of in between some trees. And it leads you in a pretty clear direction away from the center of the clearing. Yeah, they they definitely went this way or somebody did. So I think uh, it's it's so clear. I can see it's like they they left breadcrumbs for us just about. Hey, easy job is an easy job. We can still uh, make it home before dinner here. Bring Jane home and maybe a little money to fund the fund the business, right? You guys make your way into the forest with your expert tracker leading the way. And the first couple of hours, you don't really see much of anything. You're able to like maintain your tracking ability on the path pretty good. Every now and then you lose it, but when you kind of stop and refocus, you're able to find it again. And you see the odd glimpse of a deer here or there running through the thicket. Uh, how are you guys dressed for this? I haven't changed. Me neither. I'm I'm still just in overalls, long linen shirt, work boots, steel-toed. Okay. So kind of drab clothing then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing yeah. like hiking boots, outdoor men's suit. Like this is how I am basically always stressed is, yeah. Okay. Uh, can everybody give me a listen roll, please? Six. Seven. Forty. Uh, both Rodney and Bernie have strong success. And Bernie, I believe you've even had like a super success. So you hear a little ways off in the distance the sound of wood breaking, like someone stepped on a stick. And I need you both to make me spot hidden rolls. Uh, spot hidden. I rolled a 50, and I got a 71 from my skill. Okay. Yeah, I rolled a 90, so... It is one of my Perfect. good skills, but not that good. <laughs> Rodney, you see a pair of people with rifles up ahead of you on the path. You don't see their faces. They're kind of turned... Their backs are to you, but you see their rifles and their hats, and it looks like they're wearing, like, hunting gear. Hey, uh, s- slow up here. We got some hunters up ahead. Uh, excuse me. Oh, uh, hello. Hi. Hey, uh, hey, Rodney Barnum. Nice to meet you. We're out here trying to find Jane. Not sure why, uh, you folks aren't. Uh, but uh, have you seen anything un- uh, suspicious or unusual in your travels here? Well, I have to ask, who is Jane? Ah, you're from out of town. Sorry. Yeah, we, we came out to hunt. Yeah, well, my I name would... is Alistair Lawson, and this is my son George. Alistair, George, pleasure to meet you. George, say hello to the nice people. And George just kind of like raises his hand and waves at you guys. It's all right, George. Uh, we'll uh, we'll make sure you're you're good here. Um, today might not be a good day. Uh, we're out here searching for a lost girl taken by some unsavory folks who uh, shot up some officers the other night. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, so if you haven't seen anything, I would probably head back the way you came, making yourself known as there are some other folks walking around with guns looking for people who also have guns. Oh, 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 boy, yes. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll head back to town. I need you to do me a favor, though. Our neighbors came out hunting with us. Brian is the dad and Arthur is the son. We we came out together here and um you'll you'll know Brian when you see him. He's wearing a kind of big like Texas style hat. You know like the big wide brim. I I know <laughs> that. I know what you're talking about there. Yeah, and his his son Arthur um who's a year younger than George here uh just just got some new boots for his birthday and this was the the hunting trip that we've been wanting to go on for a while and the boys are finally old enough so but oh boy if there's if there's trouble can you keep an eye out for them please we we certainly will uh, uh, how about you head back into town all this should be wrapped up by the end of the night here you stay an extra day you go out hunting tomorrow yeah that's uh, I mean geez yeah we don't want to be out here when uh, no maybe some malcontents with guns as you mentioned are out here so yeah let's uh Ooh, we'll be on our way. George, uh, let's... Toot sweet, back to town. You you, you haven't seen anybody else till we just came upon you? Uh, well, not, uh... Hmm. Trying to think if we've seen anyone else. I don't think so. George here, he's a little scared of the woods. 
he's you know he sees a deer but sometimes he thinks he sees something else and he's been having a bit of a rough go of it here so really it's not a terrible thing for us to cut our our hunting trip short here or at least you know take a day off george uh, what'd you think you saw well i don't know it just just didn't really seem like a deer hmm. what'd it look like well, I guess it kind of looked like a deer, but maybe the like the horns were were bigger, like a moose. Or now, well, I don't, I don't, I've never seen a moose before. Mm. It's like a deer, but real big. It's a big deer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do they look angrier than deer? Because these these things looked angry. How do you, how, do you, how does an animal look angry? Well, I don't know, like snarling, maybe. Oh. I don't know. It was probably just deer, but. My dad says sometimes my imagination gets a little carried away. And you said they. There was there was a few. Two I saw, yeah, but th- I did see some actual deer too. So my dad's just probably right. It's probably just you know nerves being in the woods here. Yeah, you're a city boy. Yeah, Boston. I mean, there's not a lot of woods in Boston. No, no, there's not. Hey, you're gonna be okay, George. You you stick with your dad. You'll make it back. Everything will be fine. We'll find your friend. Oh, actually, I should I should mention now that you I should, we did see there was a group of artists that we we came across that were doing some sort of art retreat or something. It sounded a little too fancy for for my likings, but they were about I don't know a day or so further into it. That's about as far into the woods as we went. So they were uh, art retreat there with easels and painting or yeah the whole the whole deal like overalls and paint and all sorts and of stuff how, how many of uh, those folks were there um I think maybe six they had a bunch of tents so there was a few of them but they said you know if we were passing through again to stop by and have some coffee with them so and uh, which direction were they deeper into the woods and I gesture like back the way we came from. Uh, or uh, no, you know, deeper into the, into the woods that way, kind of the way uh, Brian and Arthur went mm-hmm. further in there. Yeah, too that that way. Or will you guys just follow on back the way that we've we've been coming? Nobody else. You shouldn't see anybody else. Um, should make it a pretty 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 good straight shot. Okay, great. Thanks. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, and if you if you see Brian and Arthur, uh, let them know to come back to town. We'll be waiting for them there. And if you see the painters, you know, say hi for us. Yeah, of course we will. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Well, you know, okay. G- good luck. And you said there's something about a Jane. You're looking for a Jane. I hope I hope you find her. We do too. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Alistair. George. Alistair and George walk off wearing their matching Pennsylvania tuxedos. Well, looks like we got. Uh, some babysitting to do out here now. Yeah, hopefully none of these other townsfolk are too free with the bullets. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe we should address different. I look around at our sea of browns. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we're fine. So it's when they don't when they don't see it coming. That's when you know you're safe. Further on into the forest, uh, the day has kind of slipped away from you guys. Everything's been taking a little bit longer than maybe you thought it had been, and it's starting to get dark as you're heading further into the forest. There's lots of clearings around, so easy easy for you guys to set up a camp if you want for the night. Anybody bring a tent? Of course. So you guys dig into your sandwiches, and camp is made, and it's starting to get quite late. You don't really hear any kind of wildlife or anything to, like, keep you up at night, so is everyone just heading to bed? You think it's kind of quiet in here for a for a forest? Does seem weird. In June? Yeah. What, what, about, what about those deer that the boy said he saw? Uh, I, I never seen a deer snarl. No. Yeah. Well... Maybe we should do watches. I mean, the kidnappers might try and sneak out at the dark. It's not like criminals turn in when the sun goes down, so maybe it would make sense if one of us stayed up. We took turns. Sure. Yeah, good point, Bernie. Rodney kind of looks around and says, Yeah, I'll uh, 
I'll I'll stay up. Okay, I'll take I'll take second watch. You wake me up. Yeah. Rodney, since you're still awake, I'll get you to make a listen roll. And everyone else who's asleep, I need you to make a power roll. For my listen, I rolled an 18. Listen is a 20. You hear faintly the sound of a truck engine in the distance. Direction-wise, the direction we were going, or... Kind of in the direction that you're going, it's it's ahead in the distance. Can I see any lights or anything? No. Too many tall trees. Can I gauge a distance? Like, do I think it's, like, close, or it's just echoing through... Just echoing. It's You know that it's, like, within the range of you being able to hear it, but outside of that, no. I kind of, I try and, like, mark direction... Okay. Like, you know, visualize a tree in the direction where I heard it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I leave it at that. Uh, how did everyone's power rolls go? I got an eight. Okay, how about you, Bernie? Uh, I got a 27. My power is 60, so that's still even below the halfway one. So you both experience a dream. Your sleep is far from restful. You toss and turn from side to side, bombarded throughout the hours of darkness by images that you barely recall when you wake up. Maybe it's the previous day's trek through the forest that's influencing this. All you remember are dark trees surrounding you, the sickly, yellowing leaves falling to the ground. You feel a terrible foreboding. Something is out there watching and waiting. You wake up feeling exhausted. It's as if you didn't sleep at all. You suffer one penalty die on any constitution roll throughout the next day until you sleep again. Hey, hey, uh, Bernie, Bernie. I like tap her foot. It's, uh, your watch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I had a terrible... Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, did you, uh, you see anything? Uh, yeah, uh, didn't see anything. Heard a truck, uh, some distance out, didn't see any headlights or anything, but kind of in the direction we were, we were headed there, northeast... Okay. Maybe keep keep a keep an ear in that direction. Yeah, you bet. I hope you uh, hope you have sweeter dreams than I did. Uh, sleep like a baby. Don't worry. Uh, all right, Bernie. While you're doing watch, I'll get a listen roll from you. And Russ, I need a power roll from Rodney. That is a seventeen. And what's your listen? It's an eighty-five. All right, so that's a pretty strong success then on yeah, your part. Yeah, that's a tie with my lowest number. You have really good hearing and there's kind of a like it's a quiet night anyway but there's even a lull in the quiet and you're able to make out the sound of a flurry of rifle shots in the distance you're not sure where they're coming from but in the kind of general direction that you guys have been going but you hear these rifle shots in the distance and how many Uh, I'll say three and is it faint, so they're quite far away, or is it pretty loud? It's pretty faint. Yeah, you needed, like, the extra lull in the woods, in the surrounding kind of wind noise and everything else in order to hear it. All right, and now back to Rodney. How'd your pow roll go? I rolled a 40. My skill is 50. You experience a different dream. The forest extends all around you. The path cuts and snakes its way between the trees, carpeted by freshly fallen yellowed leaves that have begun to dry and wither as if a sickness infests them. You're walking slowly down the path in silence. Nothing moves but you. There's no wind. There's no sound. Everything is dead. You feel something calling you from further down the path, just out of sight. There's a clearing up ahead. Yellow light reflects off something. Could it be water? There's a snap of a twig behind you, and as you turn to look, a sharp pain sinks into your chest as something plunges into you. I, uh, I I get up, and I, I I try not to disturb Eva, and I go out and check on Bernie there. Hey, uh, how's it going out here? Sorry, couldn't uh, couldn't sleep. Yeah, not so sweet dreams out here, hey. Yeah, no, not really. I heard some. Uh, I heard some gunfire. Three rifle shots. I think in the same direction you heard the truck, and I oh. gesture that way. 
uh, real faint, so it must be pretty far off. But somebody found something. Well, hopefully it's the hunters, I guess. I don't know what to wish for there. Yeah, maybe that maybe that kid George uh, got startled by some leaves or something. Yeah. Hopefully. Bernie, the time to end your watch comes, and you wake Eva, who sends you and Rodney back to bed. The remainder of the night goes on experiencing no other unsettling dreams, and for Eva, just a low droning wind echoing through the trees until the sun starts to come up the next morning. Facing Fate, Cthulhu, Episode 1, Missing. Starring Amy Moore as Eva Evans. Carla Maxted as Bernadette Bernie Fenske. Russ Moore as Rodney Barnum. And Tom Laird as The Keeper. Editing, production, and sound design by Russ Moore. This episode featured music from Epidemic Sound and sound effects from Epidemic Sound and Sound Ideas. Call of Cthulhu is created by Chaosium Inc. A huge thank you to our supporting producers, Gabriel Lynch, Jessica Babiak, Mark Hartless, Stevie, Cat Waterflame, Jacob Madden, Christian Brown, Devin Michaels, Aaron Stevens, and Ray Serbeck. To support Facing Fate and get access to bonus releases and early access, please join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumbdragoncast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Facing Fate Cast. Facing Fate is a Dumb Dragons production. Thank you for listening. Have a great week, and we'll talk again soon. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. I got this really strange email last night. I need to see what's going on with this mystery file. Hey, it's a map of a town called Ocean Bay. Someone sent these images to you for a reason. I'm so lost right now. When was the last time you chose a direction and followed it? I'm going to Ocean Bay. We don't get many tourists this time of year. Ocean Bay is a friendly town, but we're not that friendly. I never sent you an email. I don't even know you. And why exactly are you here? The map is the reason we're here. Maps help when you're lost. Do you know what a trap street is? Trap streets aren't real. They don't exist. Don't trust anyone unless they give you a reason to trust them. I I think he's dead. How could so much damage happen to a human body in such a short period of time? What the hell is going on here? From the creators of Strange Air, this is Trap Street. So maps can have secrets. Yes, maps can have secrets. (laughs) 